I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey guys, Michelle here, your master coach. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. I'm so pumped for today's conversation You guys ever just meet anyone and within like 2.7 seconds, you're like, okay, this chick is awesome (laughs) and you love their energy and you just want to be around them. That is how I felt with our guest today, Olivia Charlet. She is on a mission to wake women up to how powerful they actually are and help them live accordingly. So she has all these different resources. She has digital courses and live online programs and in-person workshops So if you have ever felt or you're in a season of kind of feeling bored or like there's got to be more, is this it? I kind of feel stuck. I feel like I'm in this same old same and you're really seeking and curious to feel just a new sense of aliveness and feeling exhilarated. She is your 
girl. Today we talk about so many different things. We talk about um, changing our beliefs and our expectations and all of the things that go around that, right? Our constructs and our boundaries and our rules and our habits, all of these things to shift the state of our energy and help create new results. And that's really one of her areas of focus on how we can generate a new energetic state, regardless of how we're currently feeling, regardless of what's going on with our kids or our partners or our work life, all the things, right? So I'm believing you guys are really going to be encouraged and inspired by Olivia and her energy. Enjoy this conversation. Olivia, welcome to the Calm Mom podcast. We are so excited to have you with us today. We were talking a little bit before off camera about how we're just going to talk about some of the ways in which all of you amazing women listening can really just break free and live in your calling and your purpose and all the beautiful gifts inside of you. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Like more than ever now as a mom, like I'm like, yes, it's so good. (laughs) So we were just talking, you have a two-year-old son, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. And I know you have a career transition. I'm always really interested in people's boldness and their journey and leaving something that feels very safe by society's standards to do something that they're really passionate about. So tell us just a little bit about your journey. So when I was 22, I started my career in a corporate role, specifically at Bloomberg, which is like a financial financial data company. And I did that because to be honest with you, I was so my my dad was really into the corporate world. He'd spent his whole life like doing that. And so for me, it just felt like the like natural next like step for me when I finished university, I did like a bachelor's in business and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, perfect. Like the next thing is obvious in my head. It was like, obviously it's the corporate world. Obviously it's a big company. Obviously it needs to be something that's like status, whatever oriented. And I started working there and the first year was exciting because I was like learning a lot. And I think I just being quite a driven woman, and I'm sure a lot of the women listening in are very driven. I was like, let's go, let's, let's like, you know, let's just attack this. And I was so young as well I was 22. So I was just like really eager and excited. But then within about a year or two, I just felt like I felt pretty miserable, to be honest with you. Like I was really, and that was really unusual for me because before I'd been quite a bubbly, like happy person. But like during that work, I was just like, I'd lost, like, why are we doing this? Like, why am I coming into work? I don't feel like I'm making a difference. I don't feel like I'm adding any sort of real value to the world. And it sounds really cliche when you make the, you say those sentences, but when you're in a job or a career or a business that just no longer feels aligned, that's the truth of it. It just feels so off and it felt so off, but I didn't know, like, I think a lot of people, I didn't know where to go next. And I felt very like stuck because my whole trajectory had always been corporate world and like specifically finance. So then suddenly when I was in a position where I was like, this isn't what I want anymore. I I felt like I was at a dead end and I didn't, I didn't know what the other options were because I had never even considered that there would be another option. And so, and also I'll be honest, like my ego really enjoyed the status, the prestige. Like I used to travel three weeks a month to Paris from London. Like I would stay in five star hotels. Like I would get hotel points so that like every year we could spend like go on holiday a couple, like I did, there were a lot of things that were so like, I didn't want to lose. 
because I was like, you know, what am I going to, and how am I going to be seen and perceived? And so there was a whole thing. And then I finally quit that job after three years of working there, even though my dad was like really against it, but I like left the job and I did a master's in organizational development and I did a coaching qualification. And it was actually through interviewing a whole bunch of people and asking a bunch of people like, what do you do? And do you like it? And what do you not like about it? Like just getting really like curious. I found out about coaching. And I actually ran a dating events business for global nomads because I was very multicultural myself. So I did that for the first year. But then after that, I had fun doing that. But after that, I realized, what am I doing? Like, of course, my calling is like coaching, mentoring, teaching, training, especially women. So I kind of dove into that. And that was probably almost eight years ago now in terms of the actual coaching. So and then I took a bit of a break for two years in between everything. But yeah, it's been a long time. Wow, that's so exciting. I like hear all the energy in your voice to speak. I know, I know. And I resonate with so much of that. As you're sharing your story, I'm just thinking about just making that decision, right? To leave like the quote unquote safety of corporate to start this whole new journey, which probably starts as a passion project, right? Until you kind of get the whole thing rolling. And I'm just wondering for you, like, is that something that you kind of waffled in making that decision or was it one day you woke up and you're like okay that's it I'm out of here like to take such a big risk talk to me Mm -hmm. a little bit about that and then how you kind of see it in your coaching I know we talked a little bit about risk and I kind of want to go there yeah great great question you know what for for a good year or maybe even like anywhere between six months and a year I can't really remember I I was I knew this wasn't right like when I was in the corporate job but I didn't know what next So all I spent my time doing was just like asking other people, like diving in, reading a lot of books as well. And just like, just navigating, like what other options are there. And then when I finally heard about the the masters in organizational development, which was what I was initially thinking. So I was like, I'll just get a job in organizational development because at least I'll feel like I'm helping people within organizations. So when I found that that kind of felt like perfect, I'm just going to jump on that because it felt very safe. Remember, like I had only ever done like the uni and then the corporate job. So for me, it felt very safe to go do more education. And specifically it was just one year long and it was a master's, which felt really good for my like ego again to like, it sounded very good. And so like all those reasons made it like easier for me to jump, I think. And cause I did, once I got the application, I got like accepted from King's college in London. I was like, cool. And then I quit. So I did let, I did wait for that. Now I'm a very different person. I would have quit like well before that, but at the time that's how far I think I was capable of like stretching myself. And you and I were talking about risk before. And it's like, now I I really see it. Like I'm, I'm pretty like dangerous to myself in the sense that I do really live on the edge and I do really push well beyond my limits. And I like doing it. And I'm somebody who's definitely an adrenaline seeker, but not in the con- like conventional ways. Like not like, I don't really care about jumping out of plane or bungee jumping. That's not really my like thing. But when it comes to stretching myself, like on a business investments, coaching investments, hiring people, hiring teams, growth, like I do things that are very like, I know a lot of people would not do. Mm-hmm. And my husband's always a bit shocked when I like make these jumps and make these investments and stuff. But I, I like to play. I like to play there. That's really like, I think, you know, you know, when your nature, I, I used to fight against it. And now I've really come to understand that this is one part of me. There's lots of parts of me. I'm also, there's also a part of me that's more measured and that's more like structured and does more conventional things. But then there's a part of me that if I don't let her live and play, I find that it really takes away from my shine and like my energy. And I just know people who are listening in are thinking, oh my gosh, like actually 
maybe like they have just been like slowing that down and not living up to that part of them. And because they, they don't want to, they don't basically what it is, I think, especially for moms, because I think as soon as you've got kids, you start even more like, is this dangerous? Is this unsafe? Am I being risky? Like, is this going to affect my son? Is this going to affect my children? Is this going to affect my partner? Like we're, we get into like mama bear mode. Mm -hmm. And I think even more so I want to push women who are like, have, have children. I'm like, okay, even more reason. Like, because I, I just think that's where we thrive. Like women like us, I really think that's actually where we excel is when we're living on the edge. And it's so clear whether or not you're living on the edge, because you, if you feel quite comfortable, you're yeah. not living on the edge. That's yeah. my, that, and it doesn't mean you have to do it every single day, but I would say weekly or bi-weekly, you should feel a sense of like, wow. And it could be something that you're creating a project, like a new product line, a new fashion, like whatever it might be. It might be something that you yourself are generating that feels like really like edgy. So it, could, it doesn't have to be an investment, but I, I really believe in that. I really, really believe in that. Yeah, I do too. I agree. I think be, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable is like one of the greatest tools we can kind of wrap our, our bodies around really. As you were talking to, I was kind of thinking about the fact that I think so many times women think that they're feeling burnt out or anxious or overwhelmed. And they're like, well, I couldn't do that because that's like too much. I have too much on my plate right now. And there's such an invitation to shift our mindset around that. And it's like, maybe you're feeling burnt out and anxious because you're so bored <laughs> with what you're doing or right. Yeah. Um, like, yes. Like you're so, I, before, cause I had, I mean, I have, I have a whole story around this, but basically a few years ago, I got so scared because I like, basically I had something happened. I got disillusioned by the industry that I personally was in. And then I was like, I, I backtracked and I kind of freaked out and I suddenly I felt like, oh my gosh, like I can't trust myself. And so I, I got really cautious. I, every step I made was so careful. I went, went, I was playing so far away from risk. I was playing so into my comfort zone. It was insane. And it was like a different person for like a good year and a half, two years. And it's funny because when I was in that, everything was so much scarier. Like the world felt scarier. And like you just said, like I, I did, it wasn't so much anxiety, but I would have called it like for, and I agree. Anxiety is one of it for some people. For me, it was like, just like, yeah, I guess like real fear of like the, the outside world. Like as if we're in some sort of weird, dangerous like place when now I'm like, that is ridiculous. But at the time I really felt that way. And I felt it because I, I was like going inwards as opposed to like soaring and like stretching outwards and like going out of your comfort zone. And you're, you're, I, you just could not be more correct on that. Like, I really believe like when you are making the leaps and you're like at that edge and you're living on your edge and you're living on your limits as a business owner or as a mom, or just like in your life in general, when you're doing that, it's like, you feel a real sense of energy. You have an aliveness. You, you cannot be burnt out and on the edge at the same time. I really don't believe that. I, I think either. they're not, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's interesting hearing you talking about just learning to trust yourself through that. Cause I think in our minds, right. The world can be such a scary place. Things can be so scary things with our kids. Like our minds will you know, they have one purpose and it's to keep us safe, which is against everything else, right? That we want to do and accomplish in this life. So sometimes I wonder in like, how do we bridge that gap between like, okay, this is what my head is telling me, but actually doing it is what's going to give me confidence and make me feel like I can then do more and expand my edge. But like you said, learning to trust ourselves, how mm -hmm. identity factors into that. Like, how did you make that transition? Or when you coach women, it's like, how do they go from thinking it to like pushing past that and actually doing it? 
the one big thing that has been such a huge, like that really transcended and has really helped me like shift. And then, then obviously with my clients as well is just deciding that you're the kind of person who can handle whatever comes next. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, then there's literally nothing, there's nothing in the way, because Mm -hmm. I think the reason having coached a lot of women over the last like eight years is like, one of the reasons we don't do the thing, whatever the thing is, the action, the step, the boldness, the consistency as well, the small consistent steps, like all of it is because there's like, like you just said, like fear, discomfort, not trusting ourselves. Like, Oh, I can't, I don't like, I was saying this to some of my audience earlier, cause I was running a challenge and I was saying, you know, why don't, why don't you just go? Why don't you just make bold moves? Why don't you just step out? Why don't you just take the action and do it consistently Monday through Friday? Right. And I was saying that, and I was like, I know why is because you want reassurance that it's not going to make you fall flat on your face. You want reassurance that you're making the right move. You want reassurance that you're doing the correct thing. So the, the irony is there's so many ironies on that one. That's the point, right? It wouldn't feel bold and it wouldn't be edgy if it was safe and certain. And then the second piece around it is like, cool, like just literally decide that you're the kind of woman. And this is a real decision. Like just decide, decide that now that you're just going to be like when the crazy stuff happens, you're going to be the kind of person who can absolutely handle it. And the strength that comes from just deciding that you're going to be the kind of woman who can handle it, even as far, I mean, this is going to sound pretty morbid, but this is just who I am. So people (laughs) have to either deal with it. But sometimes I've had the thought, and I'm sure every mom has had this thought. Sometimes I've had the thought, especially Ethan had really bad food allergies and like eczema when he was like a baby and he would get in like staph infections when with his eczema. And so at some stage I was like, oh my God, like what if, cause he, we were like, we've done like four or five rounds of antibiotics over the span of like seven months. And we were doing everything. Like, I mean, everything to avoid the eczema and yet it was still happening. Right. And I remember thinking there is a chance that his, like he'll become resistant or his, I don't know, like whatever his immune system the antibiotics won't work anymore. And I remember thinking, what if he dies? Mm. And I think every mom has had that thought. Like if maybe it was just like a super high fever or your child like is in a situation where he almost runs into a road or like anything, it can be little things, big things or whatever. And you do have that thought that crosses your mind. Like, what would I, how would I handle it? What would I do if like my child like passed away or died or whatever? And my husband and I spoke about this like a few weeks ago. And I was saying like, the thing is, it would be atrocious. And I, I don't even know like what I think there'd be so much emotion and be insane. And at the same time, I have decided for myself because there's other people involved, not just my son. I've got my partner. I've got my parents, potentially future children, whatever mm-hmm. that like I would need to I need would need to just decide to become the kind of person who can handle that because there are people who do who handle it and who continue. And I know that's really intense of a thing, but I think if we can handle that as people, as women, then w- what can't we handle? Like, that's probably the worst thing that could happen. Uh, realistically, okay. like either one of your children either gets very, very ill or that. And that, like I said, like I, I would be completely distraught. I'd be all over the place. I'd be an absolute mess. Luckily, my husband's a clinical psychologist. so <laughs> that helps. But, you know, but I also think I would just become the kind of person who handles it because I know that I'm in part of a system and my parents love me and they need me as well. Like if I like do something or whatever. So I guess, yeah, it's a bit intense to think like that, but it's like, 
I think we're a lot stronger than we give ourselves credit to credit for. And I also think the only way you're going to learn how strong you are is if you constantly, you know, certain consequences happen in your life more specific to your business. Right. So that's just, that's just how I feel about it. Like, you know, I just think women are strong and they're so you women know they're strong, but then they, I think really what's going on is women pretend that they're not strong. They pretend that they're not powerful because they're scared of intimidating others. And it's uncomfortable to be that like, powerful, shiny, bright, whatever. And I actually think that's the bigger problem. Mm, I want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. And I agree. I also, I just want to come back to, because talking about this part of ourselves, right. And knowing now that we make this decision, which I love, and I, I absolutely agree that it's a decision that I can handle whatever comes. And I think so often when we get that part of us coming up, that's like either the inner critic or the part that's telling us to you know stay small or whatever, all of these things we don't realize that that voice talking and trying to discourage us from making this big, bold move is a voice that didn't have all the resources that we have now, didn't have all the maturity that we have now, doesn't have all the experience that we have now. And sometimes it's really hard for us to see that and separate that and be like, okay, you know what? 37 years old, I can handle whatever's going to come as a result of this, even though all of this chattering, right, is telling me that maybe I don't because this is like seven-year-old Michelle talking right now and I need to just let her chill out for a minute. Yeah, so good. Based on that, like, you know, you asked me, what did you do? And my husband coached me when I was in that weird cautious phase. And I I had so much self-doubt. I had lost all of my confidence. And I was somebody before where I would have said like, yes, I have a lot of confidence. And at that point, I'd lost all of my confidence, which I'm glad because now I'm able to speak to women who feel that level of like lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really glad it happened. But when I was in that phase, and this was only a couple, like two, three years ago, I asked my husband to coach me mm-hmm. and we got to a stage in our coaching where he asked me, when you get to the end of your life, do you want to be able to say that you got to the end of your life and you didn't make any mistakes? There were no bruises, no consequences. You didn't hurt anyone. Nobody got hurt from your decisions and your actions and that you didn't get judged. And do you want to basically say that you've never made a mistake? Mm. And that sounds like so cliche again and so like vague to some people. But for me, it was like, oh my God, is that really the way I'm going to live? I'm really going to spend the rest of my life just trying to avoid being hurt, tiptoeing to death. It's like we're trying to get to death without any consequences, any any suffering, any bruises. I mean, when do we think about it like that? It's like, oh my God, how weird. It's like, we're like, come on, just get to death. That's all I need to do. I just need to get to death with no pain. Like that's what we're basically saying when we're in doubt and our inner critics there and we're like worried and we're like questioning ourselves, overthinking, second guessing ourselves. That's basically what you're saying. It's like, okay, I just need to get to death and then I'll be done. That's what it is. That's fascinating. I haven't thought about it like that, but it's so true. Have you ever caught yourself wondering why you do the things you do? Like, why do you get so angry and yell at your kids when they're moving at a snail's pace in the morning? Or why is it so hard to relax when the house is a mess? If so, you've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Because here's what's going on. When you were a child... Whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And over time, those defenses became a habit, and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is really actually often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There's five different personality patterns, 
And they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategy that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what's actually blocking who you are. And the good news is that once you take the quiz and you learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and then live and parent as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality patterns quiz. Okay, so I want to talk about this women in success thing because I actually just did a podcast episode about this, like the fear of success, right? Because sometimes when we think of fear, it's always like, yeah, the failure or the judgment or whatever. But especially women, I think, have this fear of success. And in your experience, what is it about women or what is it about? Is it like the patriarchy? Is it like, what, what is it that makes us feel like being the leader, the star, the, the millionaire, whatever it is, is, is extra uncomfortable, I guess. Every, most of the women that I have worked with, they thought they lacked confidence. Uh-huh. They thought they had lots of self-doubt and that they were not worthy. Mm-hmm. That's what they came to me for. But then when we coached, we found out that I'm thinking about one of my most recent like client conversations, like a couple of weeks ago, basically it was, I'm so worried that if I do step out and show people how actually ridiculously powerful I am, that it's unfair to others wow. that they, they're not very powerful that, I mean, that was her mindset. We changed that, but, but that was her mindset at the time. Like if I show up, shine, be powerful and like really crush it, mm-hmm. then it's unfair to my sister. Usually it's a sibling thing, but there's lots of different reasons, but it'll be unfair to my sister. It'll be unfair to my dad because he's not very happy. It'll be unfair to my mom because she never got to live her dream. Why do I get to be so powerful, so successful, so amazing, so brilliant, so shiny and get all the success. But then my, my dad or my mom or my sister or my brother, like they don't get that, that that's unfair because we come, I think as women, we're very nurturing, we're very caring and we really do care deeply, deeply, deeply about other human beings. And I really do believe that. And so it's that fear of like, if I shine, other people will be so sad and Mm -hmm. it will show them even more clearly that they're not happy or that they're not doing well. And so why would I want to be a reflection, a mirror for them where I'm like crushing it and all shiny. And then like, they're not, and it's so funny. I know that there are women right now listening to this episode thinking that's not me. Like I, I don't think I'm powerful and I will challenge every single woman listening to this podcast. I think every single woman who's listening to this podcast right now is actually you might not know it because maybe you haven't done the coaching run it but the, actually the fear is not that you're not good enough the fear is actually that you're so damn good deep down but you're it. so terrified that people will be so intimidated and will not like you for being so powerful and that it'll be unfair to them because they will see their smallness when you be big when wow. you show up so that i mean i've done enough coaching with enough women to really see that this is like what actually ends up being the core like thing under, but it's often very under, it's really weird. It's really not like obvious, you know? So then what's the invitation for, for a shift there? <clears throat> I mean, there are like a few things, but like with this one more most recent client conversation that I had, like, I think it was like literally three weeks ago, specifically on this topic is 
Oh, this is what we, and this really landed for her. So I really hope that this will land for like your audience. Basically, I told her everyone is powerful. Yeah. You are bullshitting yourself if you're telling yourself that you, that the, all these other people, your sister, your mom, your dad, your best friend, even your husband or your partner or your wife, whoever mm-hmm. is not powerful. Mm-hmm. Everyone is ridiculously powerful, but it's different power. So different s- series of gifts, different strengths, different values, different places, different life experiences, whatever. And then I said, but not everyone will choose to live into their power. And I said, just like you right now. Perfect. So nobody's living into their power. Brilliant. But I said, not everyone's going to choose. Not everyone's going to choose to live into their power, their gifts, whatever their brilliance. But that doesn't mean that literally everyone has it available to them. And, and it's not your responsibility. And also it's, I, I, this is superiority complex, right? It's like, basically, and this is a bit of shadow work, but it's like, basically there was a superiority feeling of like, like I need to go save people. I need to be the one responsible for other people's happiness. I need to be responsible for my sister's happiness, for my partner's happiness, for my kid's happiness. It's like, who, who are you? Are you God? Like, do you know what I mean? Not that I, I'm not even religious, but do you know what I mean? Like, who are you? But like, we do think this, we're very like, we go into our shadow on that. Like, we're very like, I'm superior and all these others are inferior and they cannot tap into their power. Like be like, that's not true. So when you start equal, like equalizing everyone and you take yourself off the pedestal and you realize that you're equal to everyone on this planet, yeah. it actually is very good because suddenly you're off the hook. You can do whatever you want. And you realize that everyone can do whatever they, they can do what they want. Everyone's responsible for themselves. They're grown ups, you yeah. know, and then life gets to be really, really interesting. And she is just rising. This like this kind I'm thinking about like, cause it's just like, now it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm no longer held back. Like let, let's go. It's like, it's humbling and empowering all at yes. the same time. Yes. It's like the duality. It's yeah. so empowering because you're like, and it's not that it's not discounting your own power. You no. are just as powerful as you think that you are. And you do have gifts just like you think that you do, yeah. but it's that other people do too. Yeah. So it's just like, we all get to shine in our own ways and we're all very, very different, but you need to shine because we do need you and your particular thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could go on and on, but like, yeah. Oh, that, sure. that, <laughs> so good. Oh man. That's speaking to me. Okay. So we do have a lot of moms in the audience and I, there's just so much with motherhood, right? Like there's so much demands on our, so many demands on our time, on our mental load, on our energy, on our bodies, <laughs> like the list goes on and on. And I'm, I would love for you to share, cause I know you do so much work with women just around like habits, just daily stuff, mindset stuff that can help us go from like, I'm so exhausted. I don't have time. I'm not feeling motivated to like actually doing things that are important to us outside of motherhood. <laughs> God, I mean, I got time for three hours, but I'm going to keep it concise. Oh, there, I mean, again, I'm going to call people out because I, yeah. I just don't buy it. I, I think again, that's us playing victim. And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is like, what are you getting from playing the victim? And I like, I'm really glad I'm a mom because then I can actually speak to this. And I know like what it's like to be a mom, like early, even before we started this podcast, my son was crying downstairs. He's like, he's like 21 months, 22 months. And I, I almost canceled the podcast because I, I it's so hard hearing my son. cry. He's with his dad and his grandma. Like, he's fine. But like, my mind was like, I, I need to go. <laughs> so like, I fully understand. And at the same time, we play victim. And this is why we play victim as women and as moms. 
because we get something out of playing the victim. Yes. When we tell ourselves, this is so hard. I haven't been working out in weeks. This Mm -hmm. and this and this and this is happening. When we do that, we get to really deeply connect with ourselves because especially ambitious women and especially ambitious moms and women who are going to be listening to this podcast, I know are those kinds of women. We very rarely give ourselves permission to feel, to feel, to just feel. Yes. And we're so quick to numb eat chocolate. I, I quit sugar <laughs> like five months ago. Cause I was so addicted to chocolate, like really a strong addiction and whether it's chocolate, whether it's sex, whether it's like Netflix, like you name it, it's something yeah. or alcohol or whatever. We all have like these little things that we do behind the scenes. And the reason we have those things is because we don't give ourselves permission to really, really feel and to choose to be supported by others and to ask, truly ask for support all the time. You need to be asking support all the time, like every single day. So I think we don't do that. So then we end up numbing, running away, denying, whatever. And so when we play the victim and say like, I never have enough time for this, or this is so hard or this. And we just sort of are lamenting and like, woe is me. And I'm like the victim. And I've done this. I've done, I've been like a pro at this. When we do this, it actually makes us feel really good because we're finally being like, we're finally being, feeling so close to ourselves. We're finally like feeling, connecting. Yeah. It might feel weird to, to hear that, but it's like, even by saying life is so hard and you feel like life is so hard or like you haven't worked out in months mm-hmm. or you're breastfeeding still, like, you know, you're breastfeeding still, or you're waking up throughout the night, like all the things, whatever it might be, it feels so good to be a victim and to play the victim because then you can feel yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if this will land because this has taken me a long time to really fully get this for myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but ultimately it's like, I, I think it's more that I think beyond habits and I could talk about habits all day long. It's like, I'm obsessed with that as well. But yeah. my, I'd say beyond that, it's more about, can you call yourself out, love on yourself so hard Mm-hmm. because I actually think when calling out, you're actually having to love yourself so hard. You mm-hmm. love yourself so intensely and say, I need to stop playing the victim. And instead I need to actually ask for what I need to myself, mm-hmm. to people around me. Mm-hmm. And I need to rise. And I know that's probably not what people wanted to hear. No. Cause they're like, I haven't slept in days. And like, you know what I mean? But it's what they need to hear. And I love you tying it to so much asking for help because at least in my work, when I catch clients and victim, my invitation is always like, okay, this is an invitation to move from victim into vulnerability. Cause that's really how we come out of victimhood because it's not like neglecting or pushing aside all of these things that are also real, but you're right. When we can be vulnerable then and ask for help and resource ourselves and just feel all of that and acknowledge it, I think, oh, there's so much power in that. Yes. Yeah. Like, I just think we don't want to feel the pain. Yeah. I think we don't want to feel the loneliness. I think the isolation, I think we don't want to feel how emotionally draining it is to have children. I don't think we want to feel any of that. Yeah. Or admit it for sure. (laughs) And then because we don't feel it, then we go into victim. Like, I think that's what happens. It's like, we don't feel the feelings. And then we go into victim because that feel, because finally then we get feel, we can feel things, right? Like when you're a victim, you feel a lot because you're like, oh, everything's so hard. And oh my God, I was so good at it. (laughs) And I still am. I still, I still find myself and I'm like, perfect. I'm back here. Great. Like, you know, like massive levels of Mm self-compassion, but Mm -hmm. I think it's more that. And then the the only thing I'd say in terms of habit, that's been for me, like the only thing I would say beyond everything else that I do every day, it's like working out. Yeah. 
I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I love that we're just doing the habit as like an afterthought. I could talk about yeah. habits all day too. But the truth is that like, stop worrying all about your habits and let's start focusing on some of this foundational stuff first. Mm-hmm. And like the habits will come, right? Cor- correct. Like, yeah. honestly, it really does. Like there in the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about identity mm-hmm. and he talks about like every habit behavior and stuff. It really does come down initially from identity. And I, I think I could tell, we could talk, you and I could talk about habits all day long, right? Then women out there are probably trying to do the habits, right? And then a week later, the kid hasn't slept. Somebody else has is sick or oh, the other child is sick. Your partner is sick. So he's grumpy. Yeah. You've got all the things. And then guess what? The habit goes out the window. Like yeah. to me, that's not long-term. That's not sustainable. No. I'd be more interested in like looking at your patterns and like what's going on up here in your mind and then changing that victim sort of mindset. And then your habits will become the easiest thing in the world. So good. It's like the mic drop right there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, this has been so good. Okay, so I know you have, I was like just on your website before we started recording, so many resources, so many things for all the women. So just tell us a little bit about where they can connect with you, where they can hear more, learn more, where you're at. I I love that you do this for women, by the way. I think it's just amazing. So like, look, I'm so open for women to like, yeah, come into my world, send me a message. Let me know if this massively triggered you. Great. I've been triggered so much myself. So I'm here with you. But yeah, I guess Instagram is a really good place because I do lots of video reels and things that I really do speak on these sorts of topics and other topics. Then I've got a free Facebook group, which is amazing because then I get to really connect with you, whoever you are. And I I just, I want to be there for women and I want to be there as a reminder, like the hard truth, because I really believe in women and I want them to stand stronger and I want them to love on themselves harder. And I want them to know how amazing they are. And I think that comes from like hard truths. Mm. So yeah, the definitely the free Facebook group, which it basically, if you just find me on Instagram, which is O L C H A R L E T everything's on there. Like the link tree. If you go on my profile, you get all the links and stuff. Perfect. Yeah. So we'll link that in the show notes. And I just kind of want to leave you with this because someone <laughs> this reminded me really wise told me once that if I am living and speaking authentically, I will trigger every single person I encounter and I will <laughs> either trigger them in a way that they become like the biggest super fan and resonate so much with what everything that I'm saying, right. And calling them forward and higher. Or I'll trigger them in a way that makes them not want to listen to me ever again, which is okay too. But I think it's just so beautiful that you can come on here and own all of that and speak all of these truths because it's true. Like we need to hear these things, especially if we're going to do all the things that we're yeah. called to do and purpose to do. So I thank you for your boldness <laughs> coming on. And I, sure. I know I want more Olivia. So um, I, hope we, <laughs> I hope we cross paths again soon. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. And it's just been amazing. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content... Your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. 
Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com, where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Oh,